Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie, along with the Easter Bunny herself, Meg. Tonight, she is going to tell us about Amy Bishop. But first, I keep forgetting that Easter's coming. Sorry, go ahead. Do your thing. (laughs) (laughs) As you guys know, we are a Zencaster sponsored podcast. If you have ever thought about starting a podcast or if you just want to hang out with your friends online and you don't want to use one of the usual hangout places, um, high quality video, all the things, post-production, Like Meg said, everything you need, the click of a browser, head to Zencaster.com slash pricing. Use promo code Gruesome with a capital G, 30% off your first three months. Yeah. I keep forgetting it's going to be Easter this week. Yeah. I'm ready for some chocolate, chocolate things. Mm -mm. I don't know. I love the, um, the cookies and cream, like the chocolate rabbits. Those are my favorite. I don't like any chocolate rabbit. Ugh, whatever. It's Party like they, pooper. they get, it's a sensory thing. Like they get sticky and they're melting. And then like, are they hollow? Or are they not hollow? Like, Oh yeah, I don't like the hollow ones. I feel like it, that's a trick. My hand like, starts like getting sweaty and like sticking on them. And then like, you know, if you're a parent, the damn bunny ends up all over the place. There's chocolate everywhere. And- <laughs> You're traumatized by these bunnies. (laughs) I understand now. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm not a real big chocolate fan, though. That's like just in a general, like in in general. General sense. I am a big candy fan. I will eat all of your candy. I would come near me with rope bunny. Oh, man. Have you seen the little nerds ropes? Like the nerds bunches? Those are so good. I love those. My mother-in-law got them for my nephew over the weekend, and as he was playing, I ate the whole bag. Uh, yep, my kid got a bag. She got, like, two for, and I ate an entire one. I was like, oh, they're so good. They are awesome. Oh, man. Okay, no more candy, because now I don't hungry. have any. I know, now I don't have any, and I'm bummed. Like, looking around for something. <laughs> Anything. So, we'll do some trigger warnings instead. How about that? We've got this... This is about a mass murder today, and it is about a mass murder um, at a college, so I know that can be kind of triggering for some people, just so you're aware. There's a suicide attempt. It is murder in general, hostage situation. Good. Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) At 3 p.m. on February 12th, 2010, the biology department at the University of Alabama was having a routine department meeting. Amy Bishop a 45-year-old neurobiologist and professor usually had a statement or a comment. She she had something to say at these meetings. But this time, she sat quietly next to the department chair. The agenda for the meeting was largely about the next semester. It's likely Amy was quiet because she wasn't even going to be there next semester. Amy Bishop was born on April 24th, 1965. Taurus to her parents, Samuel and Judith Bishop. She had a younger brother, Seth. As a child, she suffered from asthma and eczema and hives, lots of little things. She was determined to grow up and find a cure. 
She played violin. She was very interested in how things worked. And she was tenacious. She followed her goals. And she became very well educated. She did become a doctor. She completed her PhD at Harvard while also working as an instructor. She married her husband in 1989 after they met each other at a tabletop RPG group at Northeastern University. Together, the couple had four children. Three daughters, Lily, Thea, and Phaedra, and a boy, Seth. Her husband said that she was driven. She could be a mother, a wife, and a researcher. She left her position as an instructor at Harvard Medical School, and Amy joined the University of Alabama in 2003 as an assistant professor to the biology department. She, along with her husband, had invented an automated cell incubator, which is kind of like a pricey alternative to a Petri dish. Most of her life's work, though, had been on nitric oxide. She hypothesized that a high level of nitric oxide might be effective in treating degenerative diseases like ALS, Lou Gehrig's, that kind of a thing. In addition to her work, Bishop was an unpublished novelist. All of her novels seem to be inspired by her real life. There was a tale of a woman working as a scientist and fighting a pandemic virus. At the same time, she harbored these suicidal ideations because she was being denied tenure at the university she worked at. Those who were members of her writing groups described Amy as abrasive and entitled. Bishop is distantly related to John Irving, He's an American-Canadian novelist and screenwriter. He wrote The Cider House Rules, and, and he got, like, an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. He's, very, he's, a no, he's a noted author, and Amy used this connection with him to kind of name drop and make herself seem more credible as an author as well. By 2009, Amy Bishop had applied for tenure in order to get a professor position at the University of Alabama. She was teaching five classes, and she really wanted to climb that ladder of academia. Her husband saying she was driven. But those she worked with described her as bizarre and out of touch with reality. Her application was denied. She learned that a member of her tenure review committee had actually called her crazy. So she filed the complaint with the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission And that colleague was asked if he wanted to retract that statement or apologize, and he declined. He said, yes, he had said she was crazy multiple times, and he stood by that because she did have a history of erratic behavior. And it wasn't just her colleagues that saw this. Students who had taken classes with Dr. Bishop agreed. In 2009, several students filed complaints saying that she was an ineffective professor She was unsettling. Despite these complaints, Bishop did not change her behavior. She told students that the Harvard students she had worked with were smarter. She dismissed graduate students. Others requested transfers out of her classes. I kind of get the feeling that Amy Bishop had been unhinged for quite some time. But due to her education and her status as a doctor, it might have gotten overlooked. I'm confident it got overlooked for those reasons. And a lot of these articles I read about this, they said Amy Bishop did not have a criminal record or a history of mental health issues. They start the articles like that. And that is not true. 
Amy and her husband, James Anderson, call him Jim sometimes when I'm going through this, they were suspects in a 1993 letter bomb case. Whoa. Yeah. A physician and Harvard Medical School professor received a package that held not one, but two pipe bombs that fortunately failed to explode when Jesus. it was opened. He had opened it very carefully, so he didn't trigger it. Miraculously, a report stated that Paul Rosenberg, a doctor and professor, was Amy Bishop's supervisor at the Children's Hospital Boston in the neurobiology lab. Allegedly, Bishop was going to receive this negative evaluation. She'd been in a, she had been in a dispute with Rosenberg, but instead she resigned from her position claiming that she could not meet the work standards at this place. Witnesses reported her as being visibly upset, seeming like she might have a nervous breakdown, which understandable, you know, I can't judge. I have also left my job looking like I might have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> there was a tip line that opened up about these pipe bombs, and it they did receive a call I it wasn't verified, so I cannot verify it, but I can tell you that it said Amy's husband had told a witness that he wanted to hurt Rosenberg after the way his wife was treated. Anderson claimed that he wouldn't even recognize Rosenberg, but the couple failed to cooperate with police. They refused to speak to investigators. They wouldn't even open the door for them when they came to their house. And they declined polygraph tests. Everything's. So this case was actually closed due to a lack of evidence. It's still unsolved. Amy Bishop may have never been incarcerated, but in 2002, almost 10 years after the pipe bomb thing, she was actually charged and pled guilty to assault and disorderly conduct at an international house of pancakes. These charges were dropped, but yeah, some shit went down at the IHOP. A woman named Michelle had picked up the last booster seat. Bishop claimed that they had been there first. She walked over and demanded that the woman hand it to her. When she refused, Bishop punched the woman in the head repeatedly, yelling obscenities and screaming, I am Dr. Amy Bishop. She was given probation and suggested maybe you should take anger management classes. She has four kids. Yeah. She didn't take these anger management classes. And her husband was like, yeah, she didn't need them. I'm like, if you're throwing bows in an IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking IHOP. Come on. Uh, that's obviously Waffle House behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's Waffle House behavior. Please take that out of here. That's the, this take that classy joint. <laughs> Jesus. After failing to earn tenure, she had several lost appeals and meetings. It was determined that her teaching contract wouldn't be renewed after March of 2010. So on February 12th, 2010, Amy taught her anatomy and neuroscience classes. A student recalled that she was seemingly normal this day. Afterward, she headed to the third floor of the Shelby Center for Science and Technology for a faculty meeting with 12 to 13 members of the biology department. Instead of speaking, like she might normally at a meeting, Amy sat quietly for almost an hour until the meeting was about to adjourn before 4 p.m. It was at this time that Bishop brandished 
the 9mm Ruger she had hidden in her purse and began executing members of the staff meeting. She started with the department chair, shooting them through the head. She shot a department assistant named Stephanie, Adriel Johnson, a fellow biologist. Bishop blocked the only door while everyone in the room ducked for cover or tried to hide in this room with no windows. She aimed and shot Maria Raglan Davis next. A woman who considered herself to be a friend to Amy Bishop. Her name is Deborah Moriarty. She remembered diving under the table and grabbing Amy's legs, begging her to stop, asking her to think about her daughter, her grandchildren. But unflinching, Amy turned the gun on her quote-unquote friend and pulled the trigger. The gun jammed. She kept trying to pull the trigger. She followed her. Moriarty crawled past Bishop and tried to escape into a hallway, and Amy followed her and just kept trying to, like, shoot this jammed gun. While Amy was in the hallway, Deborah ran back into the conference room, and the survivors barricaded the door. In less than a minute, six people had been shot, and three of them were dead. Amy went into the women's bathroom after this happened. She rinsed off the gun, took off her blood-spattered blazer, wrapped the gun in it, and shoved them both into the trash. Afterward, she borrowed a cell phone from a student. Call her husband. She just told him, I'm done. Usually he picked her up after her workday was done. She said, I'm done. And she walked out of the building, but by the time she was outside, a sheriff's deputy apprehended her. Can you imagine pulling up? You're like, oh, I'm just picking up my picking wife. up my wife. No, you're not, friend. The day after she was in custody, Huntsville, Alabama Sheriff's Department received a phone call from a guy named Paul Frazier. Paul worked in Braintree, Massachusetts, where Amy Bishop had grown up, and he had some information for these investigators. Amy Bishop had shot her brother in 1986 when she was only 21 years old, and it had been closed as an accident. In fact, when Amy's husband called her mother to tell her about the arrest, Judy Bishop asked, Jim, did you have a gun in the house? On December 6th, 1986, Braintree Police received a call. Amy and Seth's mother, Judy Bishop. She said that her daughter had accidentally shot her son. She saw it happen. The story Judy Bishop told was that Amy had come downstairs with a loaded rifle. She had been at home alone. Their house had been recently robbed, so she was afraid. She loaded a pump-action shotgun that their father had recently purchased. Amy didn't know how to unload the gun. When her brother returned home from the grocery store later, she went downstairs and said she didn't know how to unload it, but when she turned toward her brother... It fired and shot him in the chest. Judy called 911 and paramedics attempted to revive Seth, but he was pronounced dead at the hospital. So she like murdered her brother. Yeah. Allegedly. So this is a very messy case because according to some of the police documents, Seth had fallen to the floor and Amy ran out the back door. She left the house, took the shotgun with her, walked through a wooded area came out at an alley near a car dealership, walked into the car dealership where there were mechanics working, and 
Amy pointed the shotgun at them, told them to put their hands up, and demanded a car. And the men dipped. They all ran away. Amy was outside a different car dealership when police found her. She aimed the rifle at police at first, but as they closed in on her, she did drop it. Now, Patrick O'Keefe wrote this amazing article in The New Yorker about Amy Bishop. It's extensively long. He talked to her like her parents. He talked to all of these people who were involved in this 1986 situation. And he brought up a point. Like he went and got a shotgun like this and shot it and learned about it. And he said that in the crime scene, there was a box of 25 rounds on Amy's bed. The gun held five and she loaded four after she loaded them she accidentally misfired one of them in her bedroom and shot her vanity the second one killed her brother the third round was found in amy's pocket but the fourth one was loaded into the chamber indicated that after she had killed seth she racked the shotgun removed that removed the shell from the bullet that had hit seth and locked the next one into the chamber. So the question kind of is, like, who accidentally kills their brother and then runs into the woods and re-racks their shotgun and tries to steal a car? Right? Seems weird. Yeah, Yeah, that's sus. Judy, the mother, and the police chief at the time, his name was John, a lot of statements from a lot of different people say that they were friends. She was pretty active in city government. They were a set they, they were on a first name basis. But if you ask them those things now, or if you ask them like in like 2013 when a lot of these interviews were happening, they deny it. They're like, no, we didn't even know each other. It was this. But several police officers remember Judy coming into the police station and saying, Where's John? And John was like a pretty intense like police chief. People didn't call him by his first name. So even though Amy had used a gun to try to steal his car, she aimed it at brothers. She aimed it at officers. She had shot her brother. It was his decision to let Amy go. And the consensus is that he let her go because he was friends with her mom. And like this just seemed like a big accident. But in 2013, John did an interview and he said that he didn't let her go. He said, yes, the mom told the story, but it was just two kids horsing around with a gun and it was an accident. The officers said that they didn't even know about the car dealership thing that had happened, that it had been unwritten on one police report, but it never found its way into another one. There's just a lot of hearsay around it, but there are police reports that have it recorded still on there. And there was never a very thorough investigation into Amy herself. And you said she was 21? She's 21. That's so not, not like kids. That's not kids horsing around. Yeah. You're that's, grown ass adult. That's like adult. 15 and, you know, a 13 year old or something. You know, that's not children. You're, you're an adult woman at 21. You know better than to one swing yeah. a gun around, especially if you are as smart as, you know, this woman seems to be. So there's another thought. That Sam, their dad, Sam and Amy had similar tempers. They would get into fights. And apparently there is 
Some thought that they had gotten into a fight that morning and Sam left the house. And when Sam came or when Seth came home, she thought it was her dad. And so she went downstairs to shoot her father, but shot her brother by mistake. There's lots of theories. Just something to think about. I'm not saying any are right or any are wrong. I'm just saying that they're out there. And here's another one. So they reopened this case after her arrest for the University of Alabama shooting. In one of the crime scene photos, there is a National Enquirer open on the ground, and it's open to a page about the murder of Patrick Duffy, who's an actor, the murder of his parents. Two people had murdered his parents with a 12-gauge shotgun and then used the same gun to try to steal a getaway car. And in the picture of her bedroom after this, that was open to it. In June of 2010, Amy Bishop was indicted for the first-degree murder of her brother. Two days after it was announced, and Amy took the blade out of a safety razor and attempted to kill herself. She was unsuccessful. She said that she taught anatomy. She knew exactly where to cut, you know, but they found her. They said had she been alone for four more minutes, she probably would have died. And after after this whole shooting thing happened, she just kind of threw herself back into schooling. She didn't get any kind of counseling. Her dad was depressed. Judy, the mom, said it, she just made it her life to just keep them both going. I don't know. I That's weird. E- either, you know, <laughs> her throwing herself into her schooling, the bro- it might just be a very weird coincidence, but it also kind of feels like even if it was an accident, it still started this roller coaster of the rest of her life. I don't feel her, like it was an accident. I am inclined to agree with that. Maybe it was a, I didn't realize the extent of my actions, but I don't think it was accidental either. On September 24th, 2012, Bishop was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for the murders and the shootings at the University of Alabama. She said that she wanted to be extradited to Massachusetts and stand trial for her brother's murder so that she could vindicate herself. But the county declined to extradite her because she was already spending, she's already doing life, you know? Yeah. Why waste the money? So she is in a medium security prison in Wetumpka, Alabama for all of that. She waived her right to an appeal and she pled guilty in September of 2012. But then she did file an appeal in February of 2013. The appeal said that she was not informed of the rights she would be waiving when she pled guilty and she was not correctly informed of the minimum range of punishment. And the circuit court failed to explain that she could withdraw her plea. So on April 26, 2013, the Court of Criminal Appeals of Alabama rejected that appeal. They said Bishop failed to challenge the validity of her guilty pleas in the circuit court. And they did not file to withdraw her pleas or motion for a new trial. And this continues because there's another very sad, strange coincidence in the life of Amy Bishop. Sad, strange, out of control. Last year, 2021, Seth Bishop Anderson, Amy's youngest child, who is named after her brother, was also murdered. 
The police described it as a shooting incident in which the shooter was aware that his actions could seriously harm another individual. And that individual happened to be Amy Bishop's son. And no further details were released. So not only did her brother die from a gunshot wound, her son, who is named after her brother, died from a gunshot wound. And none of this is to take away the fact that this woman murdered three of her colleagues and wounded three others and would have done more damage because that is sincerely messed up and she deserves every second of time she gets in prison and more. But it is just so chaotic, everything about this. I feel like she knew exactly whether her original victim choice was her dad or if it you know her brother she was still choosing to hurt so like murder I, someone yeah i feel like she knew exactly what she was doing people in shock typically i would have understood like her getting the hell hell out of dodge like running away like, like dropping in, like, the gun and like running like, out shit but not being like i just killed my brother now i have to go get Steal a getaway car, car. I yeah. think the thing, you know, unfortunately for her mom, it's one of those like, are you going to lose both of your children? Yes, that is exactly. That actually came up in several of the articles. It's like, and so that morning when she left, she was actually, her mom was at the stables dealing with some horses or doing some horse stuff, horse girl stuff. And her brother went to the grocery store and her dad went somewhere. I'm not sure where. But they, the Patrick guy who wrote that New Yorker article said that he spoke to one of Judy's friends who had scheduled to have like to have tea with her later that day to essentially have like a coffee date. And she called and canceled that date because she said that they had had a huge fight over there and it was a mess. And then later that day that happened like that Sam, the dad and Amy. Had I would gotten- venture to say her dad was the target. I am inclined to believe that as well. And he, the crazy thing is he confronted those parents about all of that. He asked them like, hey, what do you think of this? And they maintain that, you know, it was an accident. She saw it happen. They maintain that they got home at two o'clock. She pulled in, Seth pulled in right behind her. They were both downstairs and she said she watched it happen. She said that there was blood everywhere. And I have no doubt that she showed up like when it happened, maybe right after it happened. Yeah, because if it were, if she was worried, it was, if she didn't know who was walking in and she has this gun and she's freaking out and her mom was the first person in the door, her mom would have been shot, not her brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's that as well. Like I think was, she had. Was she protecting her daughter because she didn't want to lose both of her children? She murdered her brother and she realized she had this mindset that she could do whatever she wanted and she wasn't going to get in trouble for it. She faced zero consequences for that crime. So why would she not think she could go do whatever the and hell honestly, she wanted? And honestly, for all of these other things, you know, I yeah, I like, do believe the pipe bomb thing and I like, obviously the IHOP thing was her and then, you know, it tops it all off. It's just really growing and growing and growing until we hit this like crazy peak where she's not 
She said she thought her life was over because she didn't make tenure. She did not get that position because all of the her colleagues voted against her getting that position. This the way I'm going to say this is not like I don't want to be like, oh, well, she should have just taken her life. But this is what I if she felt like her life was over and like she had nowhere to go from there. I and it wasn't just like a revenge, like I'm doing this out of anger and spite, not desperation. She I feel like instead of just like sticking the gun in the bathroom, she would have taken her own life. Like that's typically the route that mass like mass shooters like that's the yeah. Route and this go. is it's not you like know this is a, collect, like I'm done. Please come pick me up. Yeah, this is that is psychopathic behavior. I saw places where they suggested like she's a narcissist and her husband instead of like instead of like chilling her out when she was mad or like talking her through it, he would kind of like hype her up like get her more angry. I understand that your spouse is supposed to have your back. They, I mean, I can get pissed off and my husband is the first one to be like, yeah, fuck that. Like, you're right. Like, but there are also times like if I'm being a little crazy and like I'm overreacting, <laughs> he'll check, like he'll check me. He'll be like, uh, I don't think this is a, as big of a deal. as like what you're making it right now. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that I don't think this is as big of a deal. But what she was surrounded with, literally from the time that she murdered her brother, because I'm not going to call that an accidental shoot. Like, that's that's not yeah. an accident. She was surrounded by people who enabled her, who she faced zero consequences, and it just escalated every single time. It's like more escalation, more escalation, because she never faced any consequences. Yeah, like, I think she probably did have, like, psychopathic tendencies, and they were yeah. exacerbated by you know, the coddling she got as a child and, you know, going to these good colleges and getting this high education. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. yes, you are a small, smart person, but that doesn't mean you are entitled to know, like, no, like you still have to pay for the crime you you commit. You didn't get tenure because you were a shitty professor. Your students said you were a shitty professor. Like that Honestly, is nothing- there's speculation about her doctorate and how she probably shouldn't have even got her doctorate because her work wasn't it was like the bare minimum. She did the bare minimum to be able mm-hmm. to get it. But uh, yeah, I feel no, like we I don't know. Like I mean it's like a child, right? Like they're going to test their limits. Like if they go into a different room and you're like, Hey kid, you know, don't go in there. But like they go into this other room and you never do anything. And then they just, they're going to be like, well, what else can I get away with? Like if I can do like, and it's going to escalate and next thing you know, they're like out of the house, but like it's, she never had any consequences. And she, her husband was probably scared of her. He's like, I got to stay on her good sign. And then you, what, then you look at the stuff where like, he helped her do those pipe bombs potentially, you know, and it had like one of their former friends had said that they had asked about how to make them before. And they had asked, or they had given a gift to someone of an explosive because they were like in the chemistry, they were in the science department and they had it and it was a joke, but I don't Mm. know, man. It's a pretty weird joke. She had spent her entire life thinking she was untouchable and she had thinking that she deserved yeah, more right. just because she was of so entitled. So entitled. And yeah, it's and 
I felt even bad, like noting her accomplishments because I was like, I don't want people to see this woman as like, wow, she really did a lot. I want you to see that she got away with a lot because she was hiding behind these accomplishments. Yeah. She was like, but I'm a doctor, you know, but I am a mother with four young children and I do a lot of research. I'm an inventor. I'm an author. She was hiding behind those things so that you didn't see like the crazy that could come out of her. No one loves Amy more than Amy loves Amy. And that is, that was her downfall because she got smacked in the face with some good old reality. And she, unfortunately, six lives, three lives were taken. Three lives were forever changed because she was a spoiled little bitch and she couldn't handle the fact that she didn't get what she wanted. Four, four lives, you know, four, yeah, two. Uh, and uh, they tried to talk to that lady again that she fought at IHOP. And that lady was like, I do not even want to remember that moment of my life. That was terrifying. I don't, I don't want to have a nice, you know, middle class, middle class, fancy (laughs) dinner at IHOP with your family. Maybe it's all you can eat pancakes. Maybe it's, you know, like the cinnamon roll pancakes that they have. Maybe it's that time. You never know. (laughs) <laughs> and some crazy bitch just comes up. It's like, I deserve, I deserve that I booster have, seat for my I kid instead. I hit her with that booster seat. I would have hit her with the booster seat. Straight up. I'd love to see you get white trash crazy at IHOP. <laughs> my husband calls it my dash of trash. And you know, it's- <laughs> I'd love to see your dash of trash shake out at IHOP that would be there is nothing that brings out my dash of trash other than someone trying to mess with my kids and then (laughs) there it is I don't care about anything else enough to like (laughs) nothing else bothers me except for like if you are mm, trying to ruin a good old fancy because my oldest son that is like his top tier breakfast he's like can we go to IHOP and I'm like bro I don't even (laughs) think they exist around here anymore (laughs) someone took his booster seat we'd be done that shows level entitled i'm amy bishop i'd have been like yeah i'm done who are you (laughs) no one cares like good for you i guess you don't get a booster seat because of it go buy your own booster seat are you a phd (laughs) i work with doctors so i feel confident saying this and if you are a doctor and you're like this bitch i understand the level of education that you have to have to be a doctor still a people like you are still a person and if you introduce yourself to me at an ihop as i'm doctor so-and-so i'm gonna well, be like you're punching my head <laughs> i'd have been like well i'm doc-. like how do i know i can't believe that woman actually dropped the charges against her but she still got put on probation for the behavior dr douchebag Paging yeah, douchebag. Oh, man, that's crazy. I've right? also never cared enough about a job for them to be like, you're not moving up. up. I'd be like, all right, sick, bro. Okay. I know. That's what her friend said that she had made a mental note to ask her how her job search was over. And she was trying to tell her, you know, it won't. It, it'll be OK. You'll find something else. You just have to find something that's a good fit for you. And that obviously wasn't. Can you imagine being Moriarty when like laying there as she's pointing a gun at you and the gun jams? No, I can't imagine that. That's terrifying. 
just and then to have the you know the sense that you're like i gotta go back in this room that is you know now filled with blood and lock her out of it like good on her that's i see so terrifying her reaction post shooting at the college tells us everything we need to know about her and i don't think anything else needs to be said about her character because she hid the weapon and walked out of there like like she was just gonna go home what'd you think about that meeting ted like like did you think they were not gonna like see like she surely did not think that like everyone would have been like we don't we didn't see anything like no, you it was you literally have nine witnesses to yeah, what you Dr. just did. Yeah, Dr. Amy Bishop, we know you. Dude, she does have Jesus. crazy eyes too. I would expect it. Yeah, she's, 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 got, she's got the eyes. A look. The eyes we all know that we always talk about. You're like, you can tell when you look at them. You're like, something's going on in there. That is something. Dude, she looks like me. Like her haircut looks like mine did when I let that one girl's dad cut it in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) uh memories do you want a bob sure let's let's see never hashtag never again no more kitchen haircuts all of my haircuts take place in my bathroom ah she does have crazy eyes she does have crazy eyes her husband looks a little sus too, if we're being honest. I know. Like, yes, I fully agree with that. That's ugly. I mean, not like like what I said was ugly. Oh, her brother looked really nice. Well, he was only 18. Just really sad stuff. I want to fight her. Maybe you should. Maybe you write a letter. Be like, Me may I challenge Amy Dr. I- Amy Bishop to a <laughs> duel? Or just trivial pursuit. Let's see how smart you are, <laughs> Bishop. What's your knowledge on pop culture? I'll sw- I'll swipe you under the table, buddy. You said- she is probably one of those people. Do you remember on Billy Madison, uh, where Eric is? They, they're doing at the very end. They do the um, the Jeopardy the trivia, and yeah. he's like business ethics, and he couldn't like. <laughs> He couldn't even describe. <laughs> this is like probably her with like microbiology. She probably really doesn't know. And then. Hmm. <laughs> and that, I mean, she did get her. I don't know. I feel like you do still have to put in the work to get your PhD from Harvard. But like, that's a level of work that I am not personally familiar with. <laughs> Yeah, PhD and Harvard, those are words I don't usually use. <laughs> like in my day. So what and now I don't ever want to go to Harvard. The level of knowledge someone um would have to have about a topic to be like, oh yeah, that PhD thesis was trash. I I do not know that level of knowledge personally. <laughs> Maybe one day I will. I doubt it, but I could read it and be like this is trash. <laughs> it's trash because you wrote it and you're a bad person. Yeah, your entire I would take her PhD from her. Like I would be I if I were Harvard, I would rescind that DR that she has in front of her name and be like it's not yours anymore, Amy Bishop. It's not yours. I keep thinking about that Billy Madison thing. 
Because the Eric thing, yeah, but I always remember the principal being like, everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to you. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that's what goes through my head when my kids are trying to explain to me why they did what they did. <laughs> Just that should be our new go-to response. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having heard that excuse. If you no are points. listening to this and you try to send the shitty messages, I'm going to see it before Megan and that's the response <laughs> that's, I'm sending to every single one of them. So it's happening. <laughs> the mean ones. They're not going to know because they're not going to make it to the end of the episode. It's true. <laughs> they're going to before them. Chipper jabber. Honestly, I did. I was... I told you I was leery about putting the accomplishments and then explaining what she had done because I just I just want you to know that, that is why I think she got to the point where some of that stuff could even like honestly if you're a professor and you're treating your colleagues and your students like that that should like you shouldn't like, even be an assistant professor at that school like let alone like yes it was totally justified that she didn't get tenure but also you shouldn't have been teaching Something is telling me that I need to say this. And let's be frank. She is a middle-aged white woman. She was like, I can do whatever I want. I am a learned doctor. I am a learned. This is a house, house of, of learned, learned doctors. <laughs> it's not. God. Like, I'm not laughing at her crimes. I'm laughing at how fucking stupid she is. Yeah, like she's it's... stupid and she's trash, and I hope that she gets beat up all the time in prison. <laughs> I hope a, there's not. She's in a medium security, so she's in like a. She's not in a cell block. She's in a dormitory. I don't know I what that means, but hope there's someone there that is extremely smart. They just made a lot of like petty thefts or crimes along the way, and they just destroy her with knowledge every day, or they just yell, "Shut up, Amy! No one cares." <laughs> shut up amy they just beat the shit out of you uh, dumb tri trivial pursuit uh i think of uh two is there like, is no my 600 pound life where she's like you don't know how it is amy there is no job that is worth you murdering three people for no, and shooting no three nothing Absolutely no. no nothing. Especially like You could just that, go get another job. Like I'm sure this is not like an overly saturated field. Like I don't know. I <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it's just like not my expertise. <laughs> I'm I gonna can't. get hate mail. It's like there's five thousand of us, Connie. <laughs> we ride at dawn. Well, I think that there is just a really gross I do think that the world of academia allows bad behavior based on credentials. I like, agree. You have the credentials so you can act a certain way because we need you and your credential at this institution. Mm -hmm. And you have people who use those credentials or use their education to talk like they're like, oh, I'm better than you because I did this and this and this. And it's like, no, you're not. You're not. Yeah. And I'm all for it. I want you guys to get to get Dude. great educations. I want you guys to be doctors and 
esquires and everything. The reason this pisses me off so much, aside from the obvious, is there are very few things in this world that I love more than a well, like a girl who has realized her potential and who has climbed the ladder and like has, you know, got that education and like is smart and can literally do anything. And she just, and she chooses to do she, this. Yeah, yeah. You chose to do this. Like women around the world cannot even go to school. Like they can't go to school. They can't, they're, you know, they're not allowed to go to school. They let alone yeah. go to school, have children, have, get married, have a life outside of that thing, you know, yeah, and this, do it, it all is, at one time. It is a privilege denied to many. And for you to piss it away, like one, you're setting, like you're setting women and education back tenfold by doing stupid shit like this, because then men are going to be like, you see, like they can't even ha- like. This is what they, happens when, like, they don't they, they can't handle their hormones. They can't handle their emotions. Like, dude, fuck off, Amy Bishop, because this just the more I think about it, <laughs> more, that, yeah, you're definitely getting uh, you're getting ranty about it. I like it. Ugh. I like when I get y'all ranty. And I told you before we started. I was like, this one has a lot of ups and downs. And I told Connie this too. I wrote a completely different episode for tonight, and I started reading about this one, and I was like, nope, this mm. is what I'm doing now. I changed my mind. But now my next week, not my next week, a week after that, done. <laughs> I think you should tell us a Zencaster ad before I talk about my first week in camping. Did you what? Did you mention that you wanted to start a podcast? I'm not talking to you, Connie. I'm talking to the listeners. I was like, do you want me to start another one? Because I barely have time for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. But the reason that we are able to do it is because Zencaster makes it incredibly easy and time effective for mm-hmm. us to have a podcast. And if you feel like, I don't have time to have a podcast, I have a family. I have a dog, okay? And I have to let that dog out every 47 minutes to pee. I can't write a podcast. You can with Zencaster. You can. And you can use our sick, sick code, gruesome with a capital G at Zencaster dot com slash pricing for 30 percent off your first three months you should do that and then tell us about it you just sound like the price is right and i dig it thank you i i was practicing my uh ad voice in the shower the other day (laughs) i was like how would i do it if i was doing a commercial and i do have a plan to try it like that one day just for fun today's not that day but one day that is not the thoughts that i have in the shower (laughs) i'm sorry now i'm gonna be like (laughs) what are your shower thoughts what are your random shower thoughts you don't practice your voiceover voice or your commercial voice that's what i do no i sing nope mine is like how fast am i gonna have to shower before my daughter tries to come in here oh my gosh my face yep should i use a chemical exfoliant is that the day like did i wash my legs like what is (laughs) My shower is almost directly under my stairwell, and I get up really early. I get like up like at four in the morning, but sometimes if I'm in the shower, it's like four thirty, and I start to hear like doom, doom. I know it's my three year old walking down the stairs really slowly, and about fifteen seconds later, she just rips the shower curtain open, and I'm like, no, go to bed. So you're a morning shower. 
Yes. Yeah. If I shower at night, my hair is greasy by the morning because it's like kind of thin. I feel better when I shower in the morning, but I, I it's just not happening for me the way my <laughs> sleeping in is set up. Maybe once I start working from home, then it'll be a little bit better because I'll just like take one like while I'm in a break. Yeah, but. I try to wake up four and be like ready and dressed by like 4.30 or 4.45. I make what coffee. What time do you leave your house? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I leave at six, so I have to be there at seven. If I have to be there at eight, I try to leave. And you still get up that early? Yeah, because I try to study before if I have time to study or I'll like work on the podcast or I'll respond to like Instagram messages or emails. I just, this my brain is, works best in the morning. It's the, I'm most productive in the morning. After about oh, like the, two o'clock. Uh, that's the ADHD in me. Yeah, after about two o'clock, I can't focus very well. So if I get up and I get all that stuff done, then I feel like I don't have to worry about it. And the difference between Meg and I, <laughs> I have to be at work by 7.30. I have a 30-minute drive to work, so I get up around 7.15. <laughs> I, I, I'm i not good at getting up in the mornings. I rush out of the house every single day. Like, I spend 25 minutes getting ready. I get up, wash my face, brush my teeth, and throw my hair in a ponytail. That's it. Good for you. I wish I could do that, man. I wish I could do that with not out like feeling panicky, like without feeling like, oh, my God, this whole day is going to be chaotic now. I thrive in that panic. <laughs> I thrive. It's adrenaline. It's the adrenaline rush. You got to. Mm -hmm. It's now or never. I can wake up in the morning at like five o'clock and I still will just lay in bed until the last minute because I am a shitty adult. You're not a shitty adult. That's just how your circadian rhythm works. Mm -hmm. I can't do and it. I'm not a morning person. I can't person. just lay in bed. Like if I wake up in the morning and like my husband's doing kid stuff, I can't just lay there and like sleep in. I have to wake up. I have to get out of bed. I just feel weird laying there. I will get up, go get my That's coffee. That's a me problem. Still go back to bed. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to take this coffee to my bed. But like I... It'll be like nine o'clock and you're ready to conk out. And I'm like, it's time to get my shit done for the day. I know that's true. I do go to bed at like nine or nine thirty normally. I'll take showers for the next day at like 1 a.m. And I'm like, I'll, all right. Or when I find text, <laughs> like I'll respond to your like 945 text at like 545 the next morning. I'm like, I'll hello, yes, I fell asleep. <laughs> I'll hear my phone go off and I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> She's awake. She's probably the, making coffee. Ooh, I that's one of the things I'm looking forward to working from home because I haven't made a cup of coffee for myself in forever. Sometimes I make it and I buy it if I'm feeling really sassy. <laughs> like if I didn't get enough, like if I only had time to drink like one cup or I was only I only remembered to drink one cup, I'll like grab one at the gas station or something. I think I like staying up later because I lit. I mean, it's such chaos around here. It's always like go, 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 especially like when sports start and that window after it's everyone goes to time. sleep. It's like, <sighs> yeah, that's I. That's my window too. It's quiet. There's nothing going on, but it's just because everybody is still asleep. We just have our windows in the different different sections. Mm -hmm. 
I want to know our listeners, like, are you a morning? Like, are you a get out of bed immediately? Or are you a Connie? <laughs> the Maybe your window. Gang. You're, yeah, it's like night and day. It is. I like it. Okay. I, tell us about camping. I went camping this weekend for the first time since I was a kid because my husband bought this camper and I was drug out there kicking and screaming because not that I don't appreciate family time. I should preface with that. Like I like sitting time with my family, but I <laughs> don't like meeting new people. It's not that I don't like meeting new people. It makes me very anxious. Like I get very anxious meeting like a bunch of new people. And that's like kind of what the situation was. Cause it's a campground. It's a campground. And like, it's a bunch of people that live in like my town and I went out there like real stressed out, like literally sweating. I had to change my shirt and like put deodorant on again <laughs> because I was sweating so bad. But then I started, to, it was the best time. The people were so great. The kids, I mean, I have like, my boys like play video games whenever they get a chance and no one was on screens. I didn't even have my phone with me. The kids were like, I don't know what they were doing, outdoor stuff. And <laughs> they were just like being beach. outside. My daughter was like playing at the park. She was like filthy. And I'm like, this is it. This is great. I don't think I want to be out there like every single, like my husband's like every weekend we're going to be here. And I'm like, that's a bit much. <laughs> I don't know that I could do it every weekend, but it sounds fun. It sounded fun when you told me well, you even sexed it and you were like, guess what? It wasn't the worst <laughs> and the boys like they went out there by themselves last weekend and I got to stay at home with like my daughter and myself and it was the best <laughs> if she was in bed by like 7 30 and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna watch could do anything I could do anything it's like the possibilities <laughs> are endless the world is my oyster at this point on our way out there I was like do you know how many people are murdered at campground Zach He's like, you can't a lot. He's like, you can't tell people that. I was like, I know, but like, I mean, I did a I did the Susie Yeager case and yikes. Like, that's why you're in like, a camper and not a tent. Yeah. He's like, you cannot talk about this stuff with people you don't know. Why not? Maybe you'll make new friends. Maybe I'll save like someone's it. life. Yeah, that's right. We're we're out here creating awareness for the people. Yeah. For these tent inhabitants. Like you can't lock your windows and lock your doors if you're in a tent. That's true. Honestly, not knocking, staying in a tent. I'm just too, the way my body is set up and like the type of mattresses that I like, I just can't do it. <laughs> I wish I could be outdoorsy, but on that note. <laughs> on that note, again, not going to happen. Mm -mm. And he made sure to tell everyone, he's like, Connie doesn't like to camp. And I was yeah. just like, that's not putting a spotlight on me at all. Thank you. I was like, I just would prefer to be inside. Where it's temperature controlled. Well, you have to have your pre like getaway argument, you know, like that's part of being married. Like you're getting the kids Ugh, already. And yeah. It's chaos. You have to have it. He was like, you can just stay here. And I was like, don't tip me with a good time. <laughs> Take all the kids. Take them oh. all. I'll stay here. Like I will remodel this entire house like come on you're gonna come home there's not gonna be a mantle anymore my day is coming on that <laughs> it's a secret we can't talk about it until it's happened no because sex 
friend listens on this and he's going to be a snitch and tell on me. <laughs> Trent. <laughs> okay. On that note. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime, a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should... Click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which... We love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. Bye. Bye.